Good morning, loves. Good morning, loves. This is Marie and Rishama coming to you live from ATL in Montreal. And this is Cousin Sisters, <laughs> the funny, relatable, controversial podcast. Well, yeah, how are you guys doing? I hope everyone is all right. Um, such a beautiful morning here in Atlanta. I I mean, I don't know how the weather is like in Montreal. Is it? Are you guys let's having... Not, let's not talk about the weather in Montreal. <laughs> the weather in Montreal don't want to talk about the weather in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I saw um, on your Snapchat where... Uh, I think it was on your Snapchat where you took yeah. the, um, a video of outside and it was snowing. I was like, oh my goodness. I don't miss snow whatsoever. <laughs> There's nothing to miss. <laughs> I was talking to a friend who's in like Quebec City last week, and she's like, "Yeah, it snowed last week." And I was like, "Loki in my head, I was like, oh, thank God that's not me. Like, thank God we're not there." And this week, the snow said, "So it's your turn." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! No, yeah, it's gotten cold here, Um, especially at night. It's definitely gotten cold in the Marie. Like, it's cold. No, no, like seriously, like hold on. Okay, let's see. Um, like at eleven o'clock tonight, it's, it's going to be forty-eight degrees. Mm, okay. So see, it, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, right now it's sixty-three degrees, but I mean, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to make my point. So let's just go back to this night. <laughs> I'm not winning the argument here. <laughs> no, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, I see how you want to do that. Okay. <laughs> no, oh my goodness gracious, no, no, no. Um, but no, um, I guess like the general topic of today um is going to be second generation immigrant. Yeah, um, I think we mentioned that a bit on like our introduction, not um not being from here. I guess. Well, I'm first generation, I guess. Since yeah, I'm first generation, you're second generation, but yeah, we mentioned that a bit in like the introduction, so that'd be fun to touch on it. Yeah, uh what should we call it? Uh, I know that there's this thing called one and a half generation immigrant. Um Yeah, I know, seriously. The definition of it is a term used to describe people who arrived in the US as children and adolescents is a unique one. Unlike their Mm. first generation parents or US born siblings, their identity is split. So, yeah, so maybe you're one and a half. (laughs) No, no, definitely one and a half. Where'd you get that from? Um, I was uh, looked this up on uh, the references uh, from scpr.org. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, but no, that's no, that's so true. Because the experience you have being a kid, and then being an adult immigrating is completely different. So, oh, oh like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because if I say I'm first generation immigrant, then I'm kind of saying I'm the same thing as our. Um, Whereas our um, our aunts and our uncles and stuff, and obviously our experiences are very different. So, oh no, for sure. But I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's perfect for. I mean, I guess the perfect definition for you is definitely. I think it's one and a half because it's like you are first generation because you did immigrate um, from Cameroon to here, 
uh, with your parents. So yeah, um, or maybe maybe the fact that you're also an immigrant for, to Canada, maybe that like cancels out and you become a one. I don't know. No, like, but that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it cancels it out. <laughs> Is that yeah, how math works? Is that how math yeah, works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just carry one, and then you. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, no, nah, I think that's because I came to the U.S. when I was one or two. I can't remember. Um, and then I came to Canada when I was maybe ten, eleven, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, the first time I immigrated, that's definitely like one and a half. Because when you're a kid and you immigrate, I even feel kind of weird saying I'm a I'm a first generation immigrant when it comes to immigrating to the U.S. Because I didn't really experience it. You know what I mean? I didn't do no paperwork. I didn't even I didn't even know there's paperwork to do. You know, I was just a kid, so it's it's different than where whereas in Canada at ten, like I was more aware of what's going on and I felt it more. Absolutely. So. Um. No, yeah, that, I mean, that's it's completely understandable. Uh, your parents would have had different experience versus you, especially here in the U.S. And then in Canada, like you were saying, you're more uh, aware of uh, of the process on how to, of the process, not necessarily the process, but you're aware of be- being an immigrant in a different country yeah. and continent. No, 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 country, excuse me. Look at me not knowing my geography. Um, a different country. Oh, different providence. There we go. Yeah. And versus, you know, here when you're in America, you 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 were unaware because you were just a child. So, but Nava, what do you think? Like, what has been some challenges of being like second generation in the U.S. for you? I don't know. Not like honestly. Like I've been thinking about that heavily, and it's like all I can literally say is just privileged. <laughs> Because it's like, mm-hmm. I seriously sit here and complain about, you know, these minute things. And um, like, for instance, the other day I was talking with my mother and I was just like, you know, oh my goodness, I'm going to be tired working and going to school. And she's like, please, I <laughs> I, I worked two jobs and went to school and it's just like, yeah. uh, and sent money back home. So it's like... <laughs> It's like I and yeah, and also helped her brothers and sisters with that process of coming here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, it's like I can't really complain. I, I really cannot complain whatsoever because uh, I am, it's, especially your mom, because she's like the oldest. Um, I'm wait, yeah, she was she was the second oldest at the time. Yeah, but she was the oldest female in the family. So oh yeah, a lot on her back. Oh yeah. So every single time I like complain about something to her, she just like scoffs it off. Like, huh, for <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to just like, keep like you're complaining about one job. I have two. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm going to just keep it to myself, but no, um, uh, I guess it's different. Cause like I, I get the scrutiny. I mean, I'm not necessarily the scrutiny. I really haven't had much trouble being a second generation immigrant, I guess the only thing that I have to say is, especially growing up in schools, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, especially in middle school, I, 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 I mean, I had a little bit of a trial and tribulation because, like, you know, especially when you have two different cultures, because my mom's um, African and my dad's American. So I would, you know, you're introduced to both cultures and especially with food. 
So yeah. I would eat because my mom would primarily cook most of the time, but you know, my dad will as well. But um, whenever my mom would cook, cause she would cook for us and uh, pack our lunches. So we'd go to yeah. school with Cameroonian dishes. And honestly, like a lot of Cameroonian dishes, like they don't, I mean, they don't quote unquote look appetizing like the food here, or it doesn't smell like the normal food here. So mm-hmm going through that and how I would get like, like you'll get the little immature, like little girls and boys, like, ew, what's that smell? (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness gracious. It's free. Like get out of your little like conservative bubble and learn some things like, come on. Um, But I didn't get that all the time. I I mean, I I have friends in middle school that are like, oh, what are you eating? It smells kind of funny, but hey, let me try it. So, you know, like it It depends who you fall on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I had a a very diverse group of friends and friends that were a lot open minded versus Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my other, um, uh, not siblings, um, my other classmates. So, um, that, and also like with like the clothing, you know, we'll go to like events and it's like, sometimes we'll wear our, um, Cameroonian traditional clothing and the, yeah, the Gaba or the Pine. And, um, so it's, I, I get, I guess it's like, it was a lot of positives because it's like, oh my goodness, those are beautiful. Cause the fabric, Mm -hmm. the fabric is gorgeous. I mean, so many different colors, so many different patterns, the textures. So I definitely have to say there were a lot of positives and negatives, but I guess my mm-hmm. negative growing up was the food aspect. And, um, oh, oh my goodness gracious. And the typical one. Oh, can you speak African? Papa Sasekwasa. What is that? What What is, there is a language called, I think it's Africana and it's South African. Is, is, uh, the language drives from South Africa, but oh honey, that comes, I could say so much about that, but that just comes from ignorance and just the way the West and especially the U.S. just views themselves as. And I, I was talking to someone about this: how the West is allowed to be like individuals. There's allowed, and especially the U.S. The U.S. is allowed to be diverse. Every state is is allowed to be different in some ways. When you think of Texas, you think of one thing. When you think of Pennsylvania, you think of another. Like they're allowed to be diverse. However, when you mention the South and especially Africa, um, you just say Africa, which in itself is just so contradicting because Africa, different African countries to start off have such different histories and different cultures, and even to go even deeper than that. Each region in Africa has different history, but they're not allowed to be individuals. They're not allowed to be um, ha- um, have hetero- heterogeneity. I guess they're a one homogenous thing, oh, yeah. whereas the North can be diverse. And you have the U.S. and you have this, and you and you ha- and even within the states, you have different states and different personalities or way of being. But then Africa is just Africa. So obviously, all these African countries can't have their own language. They just have African language. No, for sure. <laughs> just one. And, I mean, and like you're saying, like, and to piggyback off what you're saying, honestly, it's the it's it's the lack of. I mean, it's 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 ignorance. It's pure ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. It, unfortunately, but I mean, I I can't entirely blame um, the common man or woman yeah. or they, him, she, they. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm not really 
but you can't blame the common person, the common human being, yeah. especially here in the Western world, because there's so much propaganda shoved down our throats constantly yeah. and to portray Africa as this fragile and this poor and uneducated mm-hmm. and uncivilized. And it's like, no, 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 no. First and foremost, if you really want to touch up on why it is, so there are problems in Africa, but it's not their pro- it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, these European countries and the Western world has infiltrated and have basically raped and raped yeah. and, and sucked out so mm-hmm. much from the continent. So, mm-hmm. and then also for to go back to um, the fact that Africa is a continent, not a country. I, I was hearing that a lot. It's like, oh, um, Africa is a country. No, it's not. If I, I can, I, I'm probably wrong on this information, but let me look this up real quick. Africa has like 56 different countries. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like 54 or 55 or something. Yeah. I mean, countries and independence and whatever, territories, but yeah, yeah, it's like 54 or 53. I can't remember. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's 50. Yeah, it has 56 sovereign states. So it's like, wait. Yeah, 56 sovereign states. Yeah. But yeah, we we just Africans. <laughs> we just Africans. So, but no, I yeah. found um, and also the the food thing you're talking about. It's so different. I feel like that's why being or coming to Canada has been, especially since I live in Montreal, and everyone here is like an immigrant. So that changed my experience a lot because even going to school, everyone was not from there. Like, especially just like the, the element, not the elementary, because the elementary I went through was, well, was racist and white people. But um, <laughs> the uh, junior high and high school that I went to was all, um, what do you call it? Um, all people um, from different ethnicities in, in countries and all that. Mm-hmm. And so even when it came to food, I, I remember like I was eating food one day. I was eating some manioc and this white boy just came up. He's like, can I have some? I'm like, do you even know what this is? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I mean. <laughs> and then I guess the African mom and me came out and I gave him half my food. And I was just like, boy, you don't even know. Like, you don't know what this is. But like, they're just, everyone was a lot more open-minded. I guess and I, I don't mean to I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, to reference no, something. So manioc is called cassava. Uh, it's a root vegetable. Um, you can hear it called cassava flour. Um, it's called uh, not cassava flour, but it's called cassava. I'm trying to think of mm. other terms for it to so people can understand what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, there's different types of cassavas as well. But it's called cassava. That's like the um, more well-known name for it. Um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Um, I, so people understand, but yeah, I just feel like that and just everyone was from, not from there. And there was just an acceptance of different cultures. Mm-hmm. I feel the, the hardest time I had in Canada was when I first came in elementary, because I went to a school that was a lot of uh, like um, Quebecers, like people who are from Quebec, or and that's the ironic thing: a lot of people who are from Quebec, or a lot of kids that aren't from there, 
but want to be from there. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like once you get to a country and you see that you're being like made fun of um, and, and discriminated against, either you fight against that and you're like, that's wrong, or you want to assimilate to not have that negative effect anymore. And I feel like I went to a lot of, I went to school with a lot of people in elementary who did the first, where it's like, they just want to, well, the second, I guess, they just want to change themselves and assimilate to be whatever it is that will allow them not to be made fun of again. And so it turns into almost this weird thing where even kids who aren't from there, who a year or two years ago learned the language are now making fun of me for not knowing the language. And it's like, (laughs) you're not seeing like you're taking the place of your oppressor. Like you're continuing the cycle. No, uh, it's funny. uh, It's funny because it's like, I, I laugh all the time at people who make fun of people that are not from the country or that is, doesn't speak the, the quote unquote, the language of the land. So, Mm -hmm. cause it's like, this person, this person, primarily knows like two other languages, and they're learning yeah. your, your. They're learning your language on top of that. You yeah. only know. You barely know uh, one language. Like, and I'm, I'm speaking because, yeah, especially barely. Americans, Americans barely know English. And if you guys want to call me out on it, that's fine. But I'm one of them <laughs> because you can't I, I, my proper grammar and everything. But that's that's the funny thing about it. It's like. They yep. know other languages, and on top mm-hmm. of that, they're learning this other language on top of yeah. the language that they speak and write and read. So the joke's yeah. on you, you know. The joke's <laughs> not necessarily on them at all. Like the joke is <laughs> on you. Yeah, but no, I should. I guess I should um, specify that in Quebec, the the main language is, um, or the official language is French. So. And that's and that's also the ironic thing because in Cameroon the, the national language is English and French, mm-hmm. but we're from the francophone side. Mm-hmm. And I anyway I left there when I was two, so my first language is English. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I tell my friends now, or like when I was in high school and, and just like getting to know each other and stuff, and I'm talking to my friends and I tell them that that uh, like I come from Cameroon, they're always so like confused because in Cameroon the language is French, so it's so they're wondering why I don't speak it. But yeah, basically that's why. So I learned French for the first time as a Cameroonian, which is strange. Mm-hmm. I learned French for the first time in Quebec, not in Cameroon, because I left there when I was two. Yeah, little snippet into that. But language is a huge, like a huge thing here. And it's I find it so annoying. Um, it's I I guess throughout the years I'm getting a deeper understanding of it, and I understand like Quebec's need to um, protect like their culture and protect their language Mm -hmm. but I definitely think there's a way to do it that's more welcoming and and, um, less discriminatory and more encouraging Um, because there's especially like when we first came there's times where I know the I know the language a little bit I know some words but for the most part I I have to speak in English because I didn't know how to um, how to relay um, what I wanted to say completely in French mm-hmm. and taking the bus or going to the grocery store and knowing like these people not taking any time whatsoever to try to understand me and just look at me and be like oh we speak you have to speak French and it's like I'd love to speak French but I, I truly cannot speak it <laughs> oh yeah like I don't know the words <laughs> just help me out and keep in mind that over here until the third or fourth grade no I think it's from the first 
till the third or the fourth grade, you're taught English. So they have a basic understanding of English. So they could have easily helped me, but no one wants to help me because you have to speak French here, but I'm learning the language. So there has to be some type of compromise here. And I, I never felt like there was. So that's for me is one of the things that's been um, the most frustrating about um, immigrating here. But yeah. I guess it's like, um, like, how did that like make you feel like, did you feel unwelcome because of it? Did you feel like you're an outsider? Um, did you feel like a disconnect from your own culture? Well, I guess the thing is, because there's this idea of Canada as being super welcoming, and I don't want to necessarily go against that. I will just say, from my experience, I don't see that. I don't see the welcoming. And that's not to say everyone, because I've met people who have, and people like Quebecois, like people from here, like their grandparents and grandparents of their grandparents are from here, who have been nothing but kind and understanding. Um, even when I couldn't, like literally couldn't speak the language, would still try to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say it's everyone, mm-hmm. but I just want to say like the climate or the environment isn't welcoming, at least when it comes to the, the idea of language. Um I won't say it made me feel bad because I, at the end of the day, I'm the type of person where, sure, I physically, I'm here in Canada, but I consider my home my people. So it's my mom, it's my brother. So at the end of the day, regardless of how this country's treating me, I don't take it. Like the second I leave my house, I, I don't care how you treat me because my home is my house and I'm coming back to my house at the end of the day. So I'm not going to let anything outside of my doors affect me or affect me to the point where I can't get things done in life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're not letting that but, thing um, stop you whatsoever or hinder Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not going to take it seriously. Exactly. I'm not going to take it seriously. Like, it, it is what it is, but, like, I'm coming home at the end of the day, and that's where love is. That's where acceptance is. I'm, I'm not going outside of my home to get that from anyone because you're not going to get it from anyone outside. Um so like that's how I saw things, but I it was just it was just annoying, and I think it's so ironic because now obviously, like ten years later, I speak the language, and so there's it's I'm being accepted now, but maybe it's me holding a grudge, and I know a lot of people might see it as that, but me being accepted now does not make me forget when I wasn't accepted because there's still a Rushama out there, there's still another person, little um, young person out there who um, who is coming to this country, doesn't know the language, or is being discriminated for whatever other reason. So I'm not going to forget that just because I've changed now and I know the language and therefore I'm being accepted more. You get what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So do you, so do you take the time to become, do you take the time to be patient um, for others that are, that were, were you, you know, 10 years ago? Do you, do you have more? A hundred percent. I mean, if I can help, if, I mean, I only know two languages. If I knew more, I'm the type, like, if I knew more and I ran into you and I saw that you spoke another language, I switch it up real quick to make you more comfortable. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. If you're capable of speaking the language and it's going to help the person, then just switch it up. It's not, it's not that deep. But um, no, that's something definitely for me. If, like I said, I only speak two languages, unfortunately. I could say I speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> a piquito de español. <laughs> but, I mean, 
But anyone who knows me knows I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) I took Spanish. Maurice Ashley said, I took Spanish in high school. Mm -hmm. I took it again in college. Um, My sister uh, teaches Spanish, is fluent in Spanish. I still don't... (laughs) I do not know the language. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. Um, I told myself, because I even downloaded this app called Duolingo, if you guys know the app. Um, and it honestly, the app really helps you to um, learn another language. And it's very easy. It's, the way that they, they have it, it's easy to, to digest because they have like little lessons every day. They You just log in, you have little lessons, like certain words that you learn. And then you learn the, the word and then you put it in a sentence and you see how it's in a sentence. So it's a really great tool to learn, uh, to help you learn another language. But I told myself I was going to learn Spanish because of the fact that I knew Zola was going to know Spanish. And I feel like I, I feel like I should learn, learn Spanish. Because, oh, yeah. So I, I felt like I need to learn Spanish as well, because I, that is a language here in this country that is, is growing every day. I feel like that's a, I mean, I know America doesn't have an official language, but I feel like that's a language that is quote unquote unofficial, but official, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can understand a little bit of Spanish. I can kind of like, you know, fudge up some (laughs) stuff in Spanish, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm right there with you, girl. I'm right there with you. I was in the Dominicans <laughs> talking about some alo when I wanted to say hola. Like, I'm not listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I find, one, thing, one good thing that came out of coming to Canada, I found out I'm not a linguistic person at all. Uh-huh. Language is not for me. Uh-huh. People who are out here knowing five, six language, congratulations. You're amazing. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna stay far away from that right there. Oh the one language I want to learn though is sign language. I oh, really want to. No, I, I I knew I know because um I remember when we went on our trip to um uh, Asheville. You're like I really want to learn sign language because it's a language yeah. that you can like get to know, like get to learn. Excuse me, and mm-hmm. just it fascinated you, and I totally agree. It's so amazing. Like people can communicate without speaking. Yeah. I think that's like it blows my mind. Like I when I see like it rarely happens, but sometimes I see people uh sign and I'm just amazed. And I try not to stare because I know it's rude, but I'm just like I'm I'm just amazed at you. Like you're amazing right now. But um yeah, I I I, I started in high school and then I got made fun of. And so I stopped. <laughs> oh, come on. You can't let the people influence you for doing something great, you know? But it's understandable, though. We all go through that moment in, in school or as um, as young adults uh, being peer pressured or being made fun of and we stop doing something that we enjoy. No, I just think my friends, since it was, since, like I said, we're all like immigrants, they have that, like, it's like a, it, just the African way of, of, of being where even when someone encourages you in the family, it sounds like an insult, but like in a good way, <laughs> like everything is just always like a joke. So I think it was more so that, but um, yeah, I gave up for my own reasons. I was just, I, I, I just gave up. Like, that's the thing with me. I could start something and then I'll just stop it for no reason. I, I got to learn to be more consistent. No, I mean, it's understandable. Um, I guess, so do you think there's a difference um, 
think there's different experiences or different expectations for first generation and second generation immigrants? Hmm. I, good question. I don't know. I, I think the thing with like our family or just, just families in general, there's definitely a clash between, um, like I'm, I'm sure like with you, with even the example you gave with like doing school and, um, and work and saying like, that's hard. And then your mom being like, yo, I, I've been, I've been doing this. <laughs> I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. <laughs> Pretty much. She she makes not, me feel like my work is not is it she makes me feel like yeah. my effort is not valid at all. It's like, uh, stop complaining. Stop it. <laughs> I think it's cause like you're the oldest too, so that's why because I know as the youngest, I don't feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. But I I put that pressure on myself, especially mm-hmm. as I get older. Mm-hmm. Cause I think back on this like what the women in our family uh, have like accomplished in everything they did. And I'm just like, damn, like she was out here helping people come into the country while, you know, uh, doing her master's or doing her bachelor's while working two jobs, supporting herself with, with basically no family here. Cause there, I mean, now everyone's here, but it took a while for that to happen. And so when I see myself like with school or with work and I'm like, oh, this is hard. I'm like, is it though? Is it? <laughs> is it really? Because <laughs> your aunt was out here with three jobs and in, in a bachelor's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, like, I guess it's like to answer my own question a little bit. Um, I, I feel like there's a difference in the culture with Cameroonian culture and expectations from your parents. Versus yeah. our, 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 I guess our new blended culture and our expectations from our parents here. Cause for yeah. like, especially in Cameroonian culture, it's like your parents decide what you're going to do. You know, your parents decide like, Oh yeah, you're going to be the doctor. You're going to be the engineer. You're going to be the, um, the lawyer. It's like, those are like the only three options. Like you see a lot of uh, comedians making jokes about this, but this is like real y'all like seriously, yeah. it's real. Um, yeah. Like they, they already kind of, they, not kind of, they already formulated your path for you. And this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest my mom, mom got to that, she told me once she saw me as a pharmacist. I hey. said, well, um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what she wants. I, I think I told her something like, maybe you should go do that. Because she was saying all the pros. She's like, this and that and that. And that. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Why don't you go and do that one then? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's uh, I think it's, yeah. that, it's that habit or, it, and I don't think it's necessarily habit, but that's just that that thing that's inside them that was drilled into them that those are things that they um they carry on into the, chair, mm-hmm. into the children um but 100% yeah so no, you know when you said that what i thought of was um our grandma mm-hmm. my mom mm-hmm. and her obsession with all of us getting married oh my goodness gracious yeah, yeah that that's a doozy right there um <laughs> the expectations um, the expectations of what you expected us to do. Like, for instance, like, so in Cameroonian culture, um, especially with her, you know, she's she's a conservative uh, woman, um, but she got married, a little background about her, she got married at 13 
And um, our grandfather was, I think like seven, 16 or 17, something like that. I don't really remember yeah. the age, but uh, this is not an age difference type of the conversation, but she got married young and she started having children, you know, um, a few mis- a few mixed marriages. Yeah, but she was popping them out. Like, I don't know, like Skittles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what pops, like popcorn, like popping them out like popcorn, like, you know. So oh she, her expectations for her kids and her grandkids is like, okay, you know, go to school, like school's important and, um, find, and having a career is important, but getting married as soon as possible is important to her. Having grandchildren is important to her, you know, like that, those are the things that like, those are, those are her, those are her things that, ex- that she expected out of us. And I, I, I just remember like when I was like 15, she's like, okay, let me get your picture so I can send it to back to Cameroon so um, we can find you a husband. It's like, grandma, like I barely know who I am right now, friend. Like, who am I? Like, <laughs> I just got off the titty. Like, what you doing, friend? <laughs> what you doing? But it's, it's, it goes, oh, that's, that's just tradition. Like, I guess a little further details into the tradition. So basically, um, whenever you have a girl, um, so like, say you have a family and you have girls, um, I think it's like at age like 12 or 11, they send you off to a house where they fatten you up. Like, you know, they make sure that you're pampered, make sure that you're eating well. So basically you can- They do that in Cameroon? I heard about that in, was it Kenya? But I didn't know they did that in Cameroon. No, yeah, like that's, yeah, that's how it's like, that's how that works in Cameroon as well. I mean, not, I'm not saying all of Cameroon here, you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm just speaking from my, the experience of my family, of our family, excuse me. Um, so they take you to a house to fatten you up and, you know, pamper you and all that. And they present you to a potential husband. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that the woman can decline. I think that they can decline. Yeah, I think you yeah. have, I think you have a bit of a choice. Um, mm-hmm. to marry. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, after uh, you decide who you're going to get married to, then the tradition starts with um, the engagement. So basically, a wedding, um, at least through our village, takes about a week. Um, actually, no. Yeah, uh, uh, it takes about a week, but uh, I. Yeah, it takes about a week because you go, um, you get engaged, there's engagement ceremonies, there's traditions like buying palm oil, buying blankets, um, buying gifts for all of the females in your family. And this is all the, what the men have to do, by the way. I know the traditions here, it's different that the women pays for everything, which I don't know who the hell came up with that, but they need, I need to go back in time and tell them like, that the woman pays? Yeah, because here in America, the woman pays for the wedding. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. First of all, listen, the way I'm seeing weddings and the money people be spending, I'm so sorry. I I mean, I don't even know when they've all get married, but if I am, somebody gonna pay for that or we about to do it in my backyard. Like, friend, that's... That's what I'm saying. That could be a house. You could be. That could be a house that you guys are now throwing, throwing for for your love. <laughs> let, let let me seriously reference this real quick. For your love. Hold, hold on. Average. Oh my god, I don't understand it. I don't like. Someone literally will have to pay for my wedding because I'm not doing it. No, I'm not about literally. to be here nine to five. Literally. To stay 
wedding. No, I'm not. Literally in the U.S. and this is from CNBC, by the way. In the U.S., weddings cost an average of thirty-three thousand nine hundred in 2019. As like that's a down payment on a house. That is twenty percent. <laughs> like I'm sorry, no. That is a hail to the no. First and foremost, and we'll go on another segment about that, but that's a no. Paying $30,000 30, $30, for a wedding when you can put that down. I don't and know if it's going to be the government. I don't know if it's going to be his mom. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody going to pay for it because it's not it's not coming out of my pocket. That, I think that's... I don't know my for not for eight hours a day. You're paying, you're paying you that's the most expensive day I've ever seen. You're paying thirty something thousand in a in a few hours. It's not even a day. It's a few <laughs> hours. Oh my gosh. No. 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 I would I would even say not that amount, but I, if people were like, Oh, I want to pay a lot of money for us to go on like a honeymoon, that I completely understand. Yeah. Pay for pay for but like just for, honey mm-hmm. honey no. anyway but um but yeah no, there's yeah like going back to uh there's this expectations for your kids so you go like it as, with our culture it's um excuse me um you go they already determine what type of schooling mm-hmm. what's up um what you're gonna um go doing thank you what you're gonna go for uh what you're gonna what you're going to um learn what career you're going to have and everything like that and um another thing to insight about the culture is like you respect your elders you know you you don't you don't talk back usually especially with kids kids are seen and not heard and that is something that bugs the crap out of me because it's like I feel like that that um, removes the child to have a voice and to speak up for themselves. I really feel like that is a problem that mm-hmm. in a culture that we have, and um, that's honestly. Go ahead. I I agree with you to an extent, but I think there needs to be a balance between the two because I I believe in the whole respect your elders thing, but I also believe in in your elders respecting you as well. Yep. Um, but I don't know to an extent I, I agree to it and I don't know if I agree to it because it's in the culture and it's the way I grew up. So like, I'm just going with what has been imposed on me and in, in internalizing it mm-hmm. or I truly believe in it. But to an extent, I do believe like if adults are talking, don't just come up, run up and start talking. Like, unless it's, unless it's something serious, but don't, you see us seriously sitting down talking, you want to come and show me your toy. It's not the time to be showing me your toy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. But then at the same time, the child should feel like they can come to you when there's something serious. So I, there needs to be a balance, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know that that really rubbed me the wrong way if, because uh, I'm the type of person that's very opinionated and mm-hmm. likes to be my own individual person. Yeah. So um, I know there's that bit of clash between the first generation and second generation because it's like here in America, you know, like you have your own opinion. You can state your own opinion. Uh, you have your own voice. It's like kids have rights, you know. So I know that was a bit of a clash. They overstep those rights, in my opinion. Repeat that. I, I feel sometimes kids overstep those rights. Oh no, and I feel like there's a way to go about it without being disrespectful, exactly. like you were saying. But 
there, I mean, I can't speak for all children here, but I know there's a bit of kids that, um, kids and adults that are, that they have their own voice, but they're disrespectful with it. And I mean, regardless if you're a child or not, you shouldn't be disrespectful to another person. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's what I'm, that's why I think it's the language around it saying kids should be respected towards their elders. Everyone should be respectful, respectful towards everyone. Everyone should practice respect when they speak, you know? So I think that for me is where I'm more at. Like we shouldn't have to specify children. It's just everyone. Um, The respect will be shown differently depending on the person's age for sure. But um, I don't know. Yeah. And I I get get that crash though. Yeah. And I guess like to go back to the expectations that, you know, that our parents uh, were instilled in them about how things should go, like in terms of like, you know, determining their, their future. And for Mm -hmm. us, I know like uh, for us, the second generation or one and a half generationers, like it's like we're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to figure out what works for us because we learned the lessons. We looked at what our parents did and we're like, uh, we're not working all the time. We want time to spend to ourselves. We want to explore the world. We want to explore any yeah. type of um, yeah. hobbies or interests that we have. So yeah. I know there's that bit of uh, of like the expectations versus reality. It's like the expectations for us is like to go to school you know, go to college, um, get a job and, you know, and X, Y, and Z after that, you know, find a, yeah. find a husband or a wife, um, get, have kids and stuff like that. But the reality yeah. of things is like, that's not how things work. I guess no, that, that's not no. how, that's how things that we, we don't want it to work. We don't want it like that way. We, mm-hmm. we, <clears throat> excuse me, we want to find ourselves. We want to figure out what we like to do, what we enjoy doing, and yeah. then go find, and then go pursue that instead of going the the traditional route. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, I, I, I don't, f- I get that, but um, I don't feel, I think it's because yet again, you being the oldest, mm-hmm. and there's definitely more pressure on you. I don't feel that, and I'm the baby, so I think that's why. <laughs> I don't feel that pressure. I don't, maybe maybe the pressure is there, and I'm ignoring it. I don't know, but I don't feel that pressure in my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna do what I want to do, um, especially if I'm not, you know, asking no one for any money mm-hmm. or any. You know what I'm saying like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I don't feel, especially with like Mamanju, who's over here. She wanted my picture as well. Um, to go get me someone in Cameroon. Ah, and then, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then um, she, and then I, I told her I'm in school and I'm going to be in school and I don't, like, I'm not focusing on getting married. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, I understand. She's like, you go to school, you focus on school. I'll get you a guy while you're in school and I'll tell him. <laughs> this is a legit conversation I'm having with her. Oh She's like, I'll God. tell him to wait for you while you're in school. So that way, once you finish school, you have someone like on reserve. Oh my I'm like, gosh. Cool. I don't feel like that's respectful, but you. <laughs> friend, friend. Like an actual conversation in. I'm 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 shook, but okay. <laughs> I'm shook, but okay. <laughs> I still just I haven't given her any picture, but knowing her, she probably just took my WhatsApp picture. Oh my gosh! 
No. No. Anyway. <laughs> no, but I mean, even like, I guess it's not necessarily like the husband part. Like, I guess the children part, it's like she expects us to have children. Like, I remember when I told, I, I remember when I told her, I'm like, no, grandma, I'm focusing on um, school and like what I want to do with my life first before I go find a husband. And um, for her, it was like, okay, cool. No worries. Then it's like she came back. It's like, okay, at least find someone to have kids with. And I was like, wait, do you, it's like, the, yet again, the expectations versus reality. It's like the expectations to have kids and get married. It's like, grandma, do you know how much kids are? Girl, oh my God. like last time I remember, it was literally to raise a child all the way from zero to 18. That's a million dollars. A million. Grandma, you about to find me a million dollars? You you about to give me a million dollars to raise this child? Oh my gosh! Like no, because and and it comes down to different lived experiences, because and also different time frames. Yes, in, in spaces, because to have eight kids in at her time in Cameroon is not at all the same thing as having just one kid here. Oh, absolutely so, not. Just in, just in terms of the support you have. Um, with whether it be family, neighbors, whatever it is, is literally everyone raising your child. Like you're not raising that kid alone. Whereas in North America, you, you're raising that child by yourself, and and with whoever you can pay <laughs> to raise him or her with you. <laughs> like there's no no free support. Like it's it's literally you and whatever help you can afford, and that's it. So it's it's a different conversation. No, uh, no, for sure, uh, for sure. So I think that's why it's so. That's why there's such a clash between what she's saying and what we're saying because we're thinking of our reality. She's thinking of her reality. Yeah, and yet again, I, it's like I mean, I'm not, I'm not. First off, I'm not trying to um, undermine my grandma, our grandmother, but it's just like again, like you said, like the cost of living back then versus now is completely different. Um, mm -hmm. It's more expensive to live now versus versus back in, I don't even know what year, because we don't know how old our grandmother is, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, I mean, that's not even another topic for another day, actually. That's we her up she don't even exist. We don't know her name or her birthday. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, honestly, in most, in mo I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to generalize everyone, but in... In most countries, um, they age really. It's just it, it that doesn't matter, you know. Um, mm -hmm. The age thing or documentation is not. It's not something that's really um, pertinent. I guess you can say. Yeah. It's it's just it, congratulations if you were able to get documentation from when you were born and a birth certificate, but it wasn't something that was a standard like it is here in America and Canada um, or United States and Canada. Cause we're technically America's, but um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that is another difference as well. So that's why we don't know the age of our grandmother because there was no documentation showing when she was born. So. Yeah. But th I feel like those are like the main clashes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. The main clashes, but to just um, bring it back to 
uh, like examples of things we've been through. I'm just thinking, especially the food thing, because you brought up the food thing and and how um, some people were um, hesitant about it. And, and I think the like the more I'm here and the more I listen to how other people like whenever I talk to you or I, to our other cousin Missy about like high school, for some reason I expected you guys to be like, "Oh, high school was great." <laughs> no. And like, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I, I think I think there's also that, 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 I guess, expectation versus realities again. It's the expectation that you think that high school is supposed to be like this great experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have lots of friends. You guys go on these cool adventures. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not saying that not everyone's experience was the same, but I'm just saying, like, for me, it wasn't wasn't like that at all, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's where, for me, I'm I'm grateful for my high school experience, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like I keep saying, we're all from different places. Because to come back to the food thing, for example, one of my friends in high school, or was it in college? Anyway, one of my high school friends, either it was his birthday in high school or college, I can't remember, and he invited us over to his house. And, like, his mom just made, like, traditional food. Um, he's Lib- uh, Liban- Lebanese? Yeah, Lebanese. So, like, yeah, traditional food. She made, like, homemade garlic sauce. Mm. Woo, honey. Mm. And, like, there was no worries of, oh, like, will they eat it? Because, like, it's a, it's a different, like, no. Like, make the food. We're going to eat. Like, <laughs> like who's going to turn down free food? Who? Like, say who? <laughs> Especially, and the best thing about, I feel like when you eat, um, quote unquote, ethnic food, I don't like saying that because then it makes, um, like Canadian or American food seem like that's the main food. But anyway, Mm -hmm. when you eat food from like the Middle East, um, Asia or Africa or whatever, the, I feel like the best, um, place to eat it at is for, to have someone from there make it at home. So if you have like a friend whose mom can cook it for you, or whose dad can make it for you, or whatever the case might be, I feel like that's when you're going to get like the most like authentic meal. You know what I'm saying? I know. For so sure. To show up at your house in, 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 and feel a certain way because your mom made homemade garlic. I was so happy. I saw that. I was like, like sis, so come happy. on, come through. What what That's drink we having? Because uh, where's the napkins? Because I'm about to tear this food up. <laughs> but I love that. And even when I go to like my friend's house, um, I remember the first time I went to my friend's house. She's Congolese, mm-hmm. and she gave me pundu. Hmm, what's pundu? It's it's kind of like a dole for us. It's greens. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what specific greens, but I know dole is like collard greens and spinach and all that stuff. Um, but um, yeah, pundu is it's it's kind of like that. It's just a whole bunch of greens, but like I've never had it before. Uh-huh. And I got to her house and she was like, "You hungry?" And she just gave it to me. And there's no like, "Oh, would you eat like a food from my cult?" No, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're eating. <laughs> like, sis, if you don't want this, uh, there's a store right down the street. Like, this is what we're gonna eat today. Yeah. So I appreciate that because there's always that assumption of we're going to be open-minded, at least when it comes to food. And I know that's such like a small aspect when we talk about like cultures, but it's still important. Like when it comes to food with my friends, it's, there's never an issue. Like I don't know the meal, but I'm going to try it. And, and it is what it is. I remember the first time I tried um, tabule. Mm. I, I don't particularly like it, but <laughs> 
but like I never tried it before my friend gave it to me and there was no like oh I couldn't I can't try that like it's from another like no I was like yeah give me that let me see how I feel about it what's what's taboo it is I is a parsley salad basically it's parsley I think they have tomatoes in it I'm not sure some peppers um and garlic and a whole bunch of other stuff but yeah it's like a parsley salad Okay, where where where's the um, dish from? Um, uh, Lebanon as well. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it sounds like all my friends Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> a, a vast majority of them, at least. <laughs> like I have a specific type. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I. <laughs> no, I mean I think it, it's it's really great to surround yourself um, surround yourself with people who are that, that doesn't look like you that doesn't speak the same language as you because yeah. you can learn from them you each you guys can bounce each other uh, bounce uh, ideas off each other you can 100%. try different food learn language I mean I think it's a beautiful experience when two different cultures are are not not only two but multiple cultures. Multiple. Yeah. Multiple cultures are in a single place. I mean, I think it's a beautiful. It can it can be a beautiful experience, but you know, you have a lot of these uh negative people that are haters. <laughs> hashtag haters out there that don't like other people. Uh, no, but I I mean, yeah, I feel like that and who being in Canada and having it be so diverse definitely. We'll talk about this in another podcast, but just and my high school experience was was definitely far, formed by that and like positively impacted mm-hmm. by that. So, yeah. Um, I guess it's um, like, um, I guess another question that uh, came about is like, did you face any type of discrimination um, being um, an immigrant and, I guess let's pick Canada because you're mm-hmm. more, I guess, conscious or yeah. more aware of your surroundings and your situation. Yeah, I think it's definitely when it comes down to because the way and and now that I'm now that I see it because Canada is so diverse and so there's so many different people. The way you spot difference isn't necessarily in the U.S. with skin color. Um, or with like, if they're wearing the hijab or if, you know what I mean? You can't spot difference that way because it's so diverse. So yes, she could be wearing the hijab, but her and her mother are born here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can't spot it like that. So I, I, now I'm starting to realize the way they spot difference is through language. Mm. Um, so that's the way you're discriminated against as well. So once they spot that I can't speak the language uh, correctly, and I and I feel like this is an assumption we all have, and it's a natural assumption. When someone can't speak the language you're speaking, you assume they're not as intelligent as you, or they're not as intelligent as they are. Yeah, that annoys the crap out of me because it's just just like- one thing. Because I find that so ironic. Because now in university, ninety percent of my teachers aren't from here, mm-hmm. and most. Of don't speak English as a first language. Like they speak with an accent. Yeah. Like, but these are people, they're getting paid very well by my school. Like my school is pulling them out of their countries of origin to come here to teach us. You know what I'm saying? So just the irony Uh of we're viewing not speaking like English or our quote unquote, our language as a sign of lack of intelligence but yet you're being taught by these same, these very same people. So, but yeah. Oh no, I, I mean, uh, I was laughing about that. I mean, I don't know if that's 
if this is derailing from our conversation, but um, we're talking about this the other day. Is this like, especially like with these people who are bigots or racists, it's like they, oh, tell people go back to their country, but it's like, but you're over there at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> like friend, like you can't sit there and 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 tell people to go back to the country but still eat their food and really, enjoy true. their holidays culture but not the people you that's can't th- that's not how it works though like that's not how it works i mean i guess that's how it works for them i mean europe yeah. has a long history of just taking people's cultures or seasonings and 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 leaving them destitute or or destitute or um I guess pillaging their villages and whatnot. So I, I, I guess so. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, but um, no, I agree with you there. But I f- the language is probably the biggest thing where um, biggest way in which I I would say I've been discriminated against mm-hmm. um, when it comes to language. Um, and it's just I think and it, it's in subtle ways as well because. No one has ever been like, go back to your country or said anything like that. But it's just these subtle ways of, and it it comes down to like power relations um, and how it comes down to power relations and how they use language as a way to have more power in the conversation. And just in little ways. And that's why I hate when people correct me when I speak French, because I feel like it's such a power move. The your intent in correcting me wasn't oh she's not saying the right word or conjugating the verb in the right way mm-hmm. um so let me help her and correct her no the intent was to show me you have power in this conversation to show me that you are the one with the knowledge and I'm the one seeking the knowledge that's how I take it maybe I'm taking it too deep but that's how I view it so for me those are a lot of like indirect things that are being done. Because I'm so sorry, you, this random person I just started talking to, you don't care so much about me that when you heard me say le instead of la, you're like, I have to tell her, like, I just need her to get better at the language. No, it was a power move. It was so you feel better about yourself and you you let me know that my position is beneath you. Um, that's, yet again, no, that's how I see it. No, <laughs> I mean, and um, you're, the way you feel is validated, for sure. I mean, just because, I mean, because honestly, they could have probably meant it in the other way. Like they were just trying to help you out, but Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like, it's not how you say it. It's not how, it's not what you say. It's how you, I I get, yeah, sorry. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And it's how the person receives it. So the person receives it in a way it's like, I feel like you're demeaning me. Then they're going to take it that way. They have every right to take it that way. But you know, but like the only people who can, like, if if friends or family were to correct me, I'm I I'm not mad because it's actually coming from a genuine place of you absolutely. Made this like, yeah, I don't want you to make it again because I know my um, mom has done that to me whenever I'm speaking mm-hmm. French. It's like she yeah. corrects me because I mean, granted, there's times I've uh, messed up on how to say it or I conjugated something wrong. So she definitely corrects yeah. me because she's like, okay, you need to do this right because. I care that you say it right or I care that X, Y, and Z. So no, but I feel, I feel like it's, it's just a lot of indirect. It's, and maybe it's, it's me maybe reading into things more, but um, even other things in terms of just race. Like I remember at work once when um, I had hair and I had like a mini Afro and I had um, my comb in my hair in the back 
And like at this job, I don't really talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just one lady who I, I like never talked to her, never like at all. And I was just there like washing my hands or I don't know, doing something. And she was behind me and she's like, yeah, you, you have your comb in the back of your head. Don't forget your comb in the back of your head. Like friend. And- <laughs> Much business. No, and I mean, yet again, you could, she, I mean, honestly, she probably meant it like maybe you forgot it or also it was kind of like, um, I think I just chucked that up to ignorance, honestly, like, Mm -hmm. it could, that's the thing. It could be that it really could be that, but you really think I put a comb in my hair and I I don't have a lot of hair. It was a mini Afro. You think now I will lose my comb in my hair? I'll, I will forget its location. <laughs> <laughs> now I will forget its location. I put it there, but I can't remember. I put it there. And, and the way I understood it is just to remind me that I have hair that is different from everyone else. It's just like a way to bring my difference back on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. To like mark that line between us even deeper. And it's so indirect. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But it's just, I have trouble seeing that as something innocent. I, I, I can't see that. I've never, if, and then I, I brought up the fact that I never talked to her before, just to say, like, if this was someone I talked to and they just said it, I get it. But mm-hmm. you've never talked to me in the how many years I've worked there. But the one time you want to talk to me, like, this comb thing was such a big deal that you had to now come and talk to me for the first time ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not, it's not making sense in my head. <laughs> people are probably gonna hear this and be like you're paranoid but like that's just how I feel like at the end of the day like and you have to keep in mind I'm not I didn't like I feel this way but I didn't um communicate that with her because there's a there's a high chance that I'm wrong and she it was an innocent thing Absolutely. so I'm a stay quiet exactly so I didn't communicate what I'm saying now with her but um in the back of my mind is definitely there because I don't know I don't think that was innocent in my opinion yeah, no, and yet again, that that isn't your opinion. That's how you felt. That's how you took the. Yeah. That's how you uh, took the situation. So you have every right to feel that way. But I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I suggest that you know you also look at that other perspective of like maybe it's just an innocent thing. Because I know I have yeah. a hard time doing that for sure. Um, I have a hard time uh, seeing the other side of it. Cause I'm just so stuck and laser focused yep. in, 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 yep. my, in my conviction that I'm just like, Nope, this is exactly what he meant. No, 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 no. She said this and she meant this cause she wants to do this or no, no, no. And it could have been like the whole know. thing in your head. Yeah. And you didn't even do the other person. I'm the exact same way. Oh yeah. So I, I, I try to, that's why, like I said, I didn't communicate anything, not even not non-verbally, like nothing. I didn't communicate the way I felt about what she said to her. Cause for all I know, she just really thought, you know, you forgot your comb. Like, so no, I have that same issue too. And maybe it's just a human thing too. You want to be right so much. You don't want to consider the other side. Oh no, for sure. I, I think there's actually oh. a term for it and I need to find it um, next time, but there's actually a term for it. Of um, and I know a lot of uh, uh, people who um, last psych majors can probably comment on this, but um, yeah, people people are scared to um, hear no either not necessarily scared yes they're either scared to hear the opposite side or yeah. they shut down hard and they and they shut down hard because it goes against what their beliefs are or. And especially if you show them actual evidence, it goes against 
what they think. So they, they, they hunker down even more on their conviction and shut out um, any yeah. other opinion about it or facts about it. No, I agree. So I've, that's why, I mean, with everything I just did, I try to look f- from the other side. Um, I don't always do it, but I try to look from the other side because you, you, you never know. You never know. No, for sure. But uh, I could, yeah, like I said, for me, it was, it was mostly like language issue. Was there anything for you, like any main points? Um, I mean, not, not necessarily. I, I feel like I've, um, expressed my feelings or expressed any, um, points for this topic for sure. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. No, but- there's, I could, there's been, I could, there's been a lot of little incidents, but we're not gonna, <laughs> we can definitely continue this. We can, we can definitely continue this episode on, uh, another time, but. Um, yeah, but I think we're gonna we're gonna end here for now. Yeah, um, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. Uh, tune in. Uh, we are on Spotify. We will be placing up a video on YouTube as well for people who like to um, listen to their podcast on YouTube. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, on on our Instagram, follow follow our Instagram. Um, our Instagram tag is Cousin Sisters Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely reach out to us there. You can comment. Um, you can send us any messages. Um, so yeah, we're on uh, Instagram. We're on Facebook. Same thing. Cousin Sister Podcast. Um, you can find our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and it will be on YouTube soon. We have a YouTube channel, but nothing is posted just yet. Yes, it will come. And we're working to get on to Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio as well. Oh, and it's also on, um, what is the name of this one? Uh, Buzzsprouts. We're also on Buzzsprouts as well. Buzzsprout, excuse me, buzzsprout.com. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, go check yeah. us out. Yeah, come on on Insta. Let us know what you what you want us to talk about. Um yeah, let us know what you're what you're feeling so far. Any suggestions, all criticism, all of it. We're taking it. Yes. Um, and make sure to download, 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 download our episodes. And um, stay tuned for our next episode. It's been a pleasure talking. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys soon. All right, cousin sisters out. Bye. Bye.